crazy. Hello. How's everybody doing? How are you today, Ronald? I'm I'm all right. You feel like starting a timer today? Sure. You, you, know you the, mean you just didn't step on a mouse? <laughs> you know the, hold on a second. Let's let the let's let the listener judge whether yeah. I'm squeezing a mouse or setting a timer. There we go. <laughs> One of those three was actually a mouse being stepped on. Yes. You decide which. Right. Pew. So they have a disclaimer catch- at the end, like no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> we think. This no, we'll do we'll do the other one. We'll say that all animal action was monitored. Monitored. Yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> so what what the point of this episode is for us just to kind of clear the decks of movies that we've seen in the theaters since we last got together. Oh, in the theaters. Or anything, anything oh. new, anything new to you that you've oh, seen. You okay. Know? But, uh, I like but that. I've seen a few things that I don't think we necessarily have time to talk about. <laughs> I don't think we'll, we won't be, we won't be giving much time to the quiet ones on this episode, will we, Steve? <laughs> uh, we can just get that out of there now and yes. say, don't see that movie. Don't bother. I, you know, the night after we saw it, I think we were supposed to record almost, you know, three or four weeks ago, and then that fell through. And I had so many, like, passionate thoughts about how sucky that movie was that right, I was right. just dying to tear into right. it and now I just have like this dull ache in my mind where, yeah. where it once was but I like Jared Harris a lot so I was really hoping for it to be more of a like a, a noteworthy role for him I don't think he was bad but right. there wasn't much any actor could have done to make that, that movie interesting sure sure but yeah we can just leave that off that's fine I'm fine with that did you see any good? I think you saw... Did I see any good? I was going to say, did you see... I was about to finish that sentence. With, with in some... the world, John, I've seen some good. <laughs> Have you seen any good, Steve? I've seen, seen some good. good in this world, John. It's very few and far between, but I have witnessed it with these two eyes. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding, Steve? Um, but have you seen any good, I was going to say, horror films? Uh, I know that you saw one that you may have liked more than The Quiet Ones, but I don't know if you would if you would slate it as good or not. No, I would. I would call it good. I would call it maybe even a little better than good. Um... You're talking about Oculus. That's right. right? Yeah, I, uh, I actually caught Oculus in the last in its last week of theatrical release. Thankfully, it was still showing at the theater around here. I didn't have a chance to check it out, but um, I'd heard about some like local ties to it. I think director Mike Flanagan had done some stuff here locally in Maryland. Um, it was some productions here, some horror films, and uh, I'd heard about the film when it was at some of the festivals. That and the Babadook were were films that screened. I think at South by Southwest or Sundance or something. I remember hearing both, you know, solid horror movies, go see them, you know, so I, I felt like I had to see Oculus. <clears throat> and uh, it's the one with the mirror in the trailer, for those of you not remembering which movie this was, because it's out of theaters at this point, you'll probably, yes. you're, you're, you'll probably find it on uh, Video On Demand or uh, your, your favorite DVD service or digital service in the coming weeks. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically the story about a family that basically, you know, came across this mirror that has something going on with it. There's some, there's some supernatural, there's some horrible things happening inside and around and having to do with this mirror. And uh, the story basically takes place uh, in two different timelines um, with the same two characters, the, this brother and sister combination, um, when they were kids and when they are adults. And, mm. and, and the film kind of takes us through seeing the brother get out of like a psychiatric ward for something that had happened. And we learn about what had happened through the flashbacks and their efforts to, mainly the, the daughter, the sister's effort to really hold true to a promise they made to one another as kids after this horrible incident happens to destroy this mirror in time. Mm. And, you know, now that he is free, or if not free, he's released from this, this hospital, as as a young adult, um, you know, that's that's the game plan. And he, he kind of goes into that not 100% wanting to do that. He's kind of a different person now. Mm. 
But she kind of makes him realize why this is still an effort and this is still a priority to her and it should be to him. Really, really, I mean, the biggest takeaway from me, and I know it's kind of like a weird thing because I'm not like usually caught up in it, but the editing of the film mm. I thought was incredible. And I had read a few articles about like how, you know, these are partly just kind of jokey articles, but they were obviously people that had seen the film and were, that genuinely believed that the editing was so strong. A couple of articles on like Film School Rejects, I read one, um, like basically saying this is a movie that it will never happen ever. But there's no reason a movie like this, even if the movie's not great, that the editing shouldn't be like maybe included in some sort of Oscar conversation. Really? Mm -hmm. You know, granted, it's not like in that world probably, but it is really, really well done. And the reason it is so impressive is because of the two timelines. The way that they blend together so seamlessly, almost like you don't realize not in the in the most positive way that you've switched timelines. Oh, that's oh, interesting. Wow. You know what I mean? Like it'll it'll literally be like you walking through that door in today's in the present day, picking up with the scene that, you know, happened when you walked through this same door back when you were a kid. You know, like it's that seamless. Really, really cool. Some really cool shots, like reaching out and touching something and you see the hand come in and come out when it comes out like it's in the it's in the in the, the past timeline. Wow. Really, I mean, it's like, it sounds dumb the way I'm explaining no, it. I'm doing it no justice, dumb. I don't think. But I was totally impressed by that. And, you know, while the movie gets a little kind of, not confusing, but it kind of challenges you to keep track of what's happening mm -hmm. towards the end, um, that piece of it really kept me engaged and really, like, wowed by how how seamless it looked. Um, and it made me as as interested equally in both timelines, which is not something that usually happens. Yeah. Usually the timeline in the past is being used as a device to, to basically for exposition, like telling you what happened. But it actually kind of starts to go down a path where like maybe both timelines are having an impact on one another. You know, it's just kind of like weird for a horror movie, but um, I was into it. I thought it was really solid. Um, acting was good. It was weird. I didn't know it was a WWE production until wow. I saw the logo what? flash on stage. Yeah. It was, it was. What does that even mean? Like, who's behind that production arm of the? the I don't know. Who, I don't know who runs that, but I mean, like, I've seen their name on a lot of films recently, and this movie wasn't like a huge hit or anything, but it got a pretty solid release. I like that one with Kane. Uh, Which one was that? I know the uh, one you're talking about. I can't remember the. It might be called See No Evil, or. Yes. Yeah, that's it. See No Evil. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a solid. I mean, for what it was, it was a pretty solid horror film. Yeah. Their movies have gotten better, apparently. I, I don't know exactly much about the WWE thing, but I mean, obviously they're they're doing some genre films, and this is a filmmaker who, I don't know, got some support from them or something. Wow. I mean, I'm sure they got. Some I know money they out. have their own production company, like their own separate product. That's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, what? I didn't either. I was surprised when I saw it fly up on the screen. It was like the first, you know, studio logo that went up at the front. Um, but I, I recommend going checking it out. I mean, like especially coming off seeing the Quiet Ones, I was pretty bummed out about. Having not seen a good horror movie recently, and yeah. um, it's not like it's not like amazing, you know. It's not like anything super special. What's special about it is that editing piece, which may not even matter to some people listening. But I love the whole like different timeline thing. I do and... think that's interesting to note, though, about when the craft of a movie, when it, when some category is excellent, yeah. even if exactly you wouldn't call the movie excellent. It is odd the way that 
you, you I mean, obviously, those types of movies would never exactly. Know, I mean, obviously, you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I know what you mean. But yeah. but it still is interesting that when they, they break those awards down, but they don't always get that granular with it to say like this movie may not have been great, but the editing was perhaps the best thing about it or or whatever. And it know? elevates the movie. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, I think because it makes the storytelling even while it's there may be some flaws in it it makes it more engaging to me mm-hmm. like trying to explain to you guys what i mean is tough but you know you can think about movies that were told in flashbacks where things don't like really transition smoothly or, or easily or you don't really understand why it's going back to that certain scene or what you're waiting to find out why that scene matters mm. the way that this film was edited like it 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 jumps right into that piece so quickly and like you don't really have time to wonder why you're seeing this scene. You immediately know why that scene matters. And it, I don't know, it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, the character, um, like the, the entity or whatever in, in the in the mirror is pretty creepy. I'm sure that it's probably going to keep a few people up after, you, you know, you see this movie. But um, if you have a mirror hanging on your wall after you see this movie, you might want to take it down. Um, Did anybody think about just walking right up to the mirror and asking the man in the mirror to change his ways. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question. And no message um, could have been any clearer. Yeah, I don't I don't think they did that. You got to look no. at yourself and then make the change, Ronald. <laughs> that's very true. It's <laughs> very true. But uh, yeah, Oculus will be out probably on on the digital services in the coming months. Yeah. Uh, but I I check it out. If you like, I mean, it's gotten pretty solid reviews and not nothing too too great or too you know too negative. Really kind of mixed positive overall. And again, seeing it towards the end of its run, I kind of like was like, not. You like, weren't expecting much. Di- yeah. yeah, I wasn't dying for it, and I you know I had fun with it. I thought it was I thought it was solid. It was a solid horror film. You know, it did get kind of middling reviews, and I think a lot of times horror films do, like even good ones tend to yeah, get kind of middling yeah. reviews, which actually reminds me of uh, before we leave the subject of the quiet ones entirely. Do you remember when we were sitting down? And I was like, I was sitting in the row. You had a seat safe for me in the mm-hmm. row that said safe for press. Mm-hmm. This just goes to show you that, you know, people are going to see the film, The Quiet Ones. This was the attitude of, of a pair of people that were coming in to go see the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, these people that came out of their home, presumably they, they may have even like showered or put on clean clothes. They, they bothered to drive to the theater. They were there. They saw me sitting in that row that said reserved for press. And uh, one of them said to the other one, why would the press come to see this piece of shit? <laughs> and I wanted to say, you're walking up the state. You're, you're finding a seat yeah. in the theater. You know, I guess it was it's probably like, like a, walking past a free theater. screening or something. Yeah. Still, but I so like the notion weird. that like someone going to see the Quiet Ones wondered why. Like the people don't even write reviews of, about movies like uh, uh, the Quiet Ones. You know. But has there been anything else good in terms of horror this year? I saw something else that I guess I might go ahead and throw out there, um, but. Uh, have you seen anything? I mean, has, I, I feel mean, like this year's been kind of weak for horror. Yeah, I don't feel I'm like really, there's anything. It really has. On, well, I can I can throw another weak uh, item on the on the chopping block and say that I I'm almost ready to close the book on Ty West. Really? Uh, you saw it? I saw the sacrament. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I I have something written down here that I think really sums up the way I feel about it. Um, grim, and somewhat well made. Possibly boring and stupid. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that last part. <laughs> I was just watching it and I was getting, and at some point I was like, this movie either is like 
like missing something or what's going on. But, but you know, it's like it's almost liberating if you realize halfway into a film that you're watching, it's like, oh, I get it. This movie's boring and stupid. <laughs> then suddenly, everything else about it will will make a little bit more sense at least Yikes. for the remainder of its time. I, you know, I say that I, it's it was well made. It it was well shot. The one thing I because people that don't know, there's been a debate on this podcast at least whether Ty West is is a good filmmaker at all. I loved House of the Devil. I liked Innkeepers a lot. I loved House of the Devil as well. I, I, I didn't, did not but like it, it is, but I mean, House of the Devil at this point is unquestionably his best film. Oh, for sure. And what makes that movie so good is is how precisely made it is. Like, what's in the frame is very precise. So this new film, um, uh, uh, The Sacrament, is a found footage movie, which right away alarms went off for me because I was like, well, what is Ty West going to be if he doesn't have his, like, Use of the frame, because again, even in Innkeepers, which he didn't like, there's a slow burn aspect to that. There's a, you know, the way that the camera pulls in on things and the, the sort of, there's a dread that he creates. But seeing that with found footage, I was like, is that not going to take away all those kind of stately camera moves? Um, and it actually looked better than I thought it would. I mean, they use the premise that it's, it's, a, it's a, a Vice documentary. So that's why it's shot pretty well, is that it's a found footage movie, but it's supposed to be a Vice, you know, shot by Vice magazine for... For I guess for their TV show or something, but it pretends right, to be right. the pro- like the guy who's the on-camera personality in the in the movie within the movie is a Vice interviewer or a Vice reporter, right. and and Joe Swanberg actually plays the cameraman, oh, uh, really? Jake, and he's he's good in this too. And you know who plays Sam? The main uh, the other main character is AJ Bowen. Mm. Oh, it's cool. basically like the cast of your next but a different movie and yeah. and part of me loves that but at this point it's almost annoying to think like these guys just hang out and just say uh, you know like. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay, you get to be the cameraman. You get to be the... But it was kind of fun to see them. I mean, I think both A.J. Bowen and um, and Joe Swanberg are, are decent actors, and they have some fun stuff to play in this, but the characters are just, like, too thin mm. to really carry the movie, and so the stakes are really limited. It's like a movie... Like, if you have a horror movie and you're following certain characters, and then everything bad happens to everyone else, but not the characters you're following, it takes a little bit of this, the the... I don't know, just the potency out of the movie. Mm. I do think the movie comes close to some moments of real horror and some moments of real dread, but it kind of stops short, and it's really hindered by the fact that it's very predictable. Like, mm. if you've... I don't I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm giving anything away, but the movie is about, a, a like, a charismatic cult leader mm. that this Vice crew goes out to do a documentary or to shoot footage to find out about this compound that he has, like, in an undisclosed location that they have to kind of be taken to without knowing where they're going... Um, one of their friends, a photographer, his sister has fallen in with this what seems to be a cult, and and she's invited him to come visit. And they, you know, he tells his friends who work for Vice about it, and they basically say we're going to go into this extreme circumstance. We're going to shoot this documentary. You know, it's a little unclear whether we're supposed to think these guys are douchebags that are work for work for Vice, or if we're supposed to think Vice is really cool. But it kind of plays around with that idea that these guys think they're so extreme and they think they're doing something amazing. And the movie just kind of hits a point where you get to this compound, you're following mm-hmm. this cult. And I mean, like, what would be if you were to guess what happens in a movie about a, a doomsday cult or a, or a charismatic religious cult? What happens when all hell breaks loose on a cult like that off in a compound somewhere? Maybe some of the people die. Some of maybe the, some people die. Or if anyone's ever are. heard of Jonestown and the Jonestown massacre, maybe you know exactly what happens right. when a when a charismatic cult leader decides to pull the plug on right. the operation. So this movie kind of plays that as a twist, uh, but you see it coming. Yeah, and it that really really hurt. I mean, it, there's a few minutes after that, and there's definitely there's a few moments that work, but in general, I felt like the movie really didn't have anything to offer mm. except for a kind of a sense of visual style and a certain level of polish 
And I do think, I mean, t- this is a much better effort from Ty West than either of his entries in uh, what it was the ABCs uh, of Murder and then the first VHS, VHS movie. Yeah. His entries in those were really disappointing and had begun to make me think, okay, well, maybe I like when he does features, but I don't like when he does shorts or when he does something for an anthology. This was a very, very mediocre movie. I mean, mm. it, it is well made. It does have a couple of really good performances in it. The Gene Jones, the guy who plays the cult leader, he's really good. He actually, you might know him as Frendo from No Country for Old Men. Yeah, mm. uh, remember the the old man who who at the gas station who uh, Anton Chigurh makes him flip the coin and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. That guy yeah. is playing a completely different type of character, oh, wow. and so he's actually a pretty intimidating guy in this. That if if the, if the whole movie were as interesting as his character. Or if the movie were one-tenth as interesting as Safe Haven, the part of VHS 2 that the director of Raid Redemption did, that, that actually, again, is very similar that, to this. That's what reminded it's me found of. footage. It's about people going in to find out about a cult. Whereas Safe Haven took you places you couldn't imagine. Mm. Uh, the Sacrament takes you places that you've imagined and stopped imagining <laughs> for the last 20 years because everybody uh, knows about it. So, right. you know, I was I will fairly say I was disappointed. I don't know that this movie was horrible, but it, it, it lowered my expectations about whatever... Ty West does next. I, mm. you know, I, I, I had it on my list to check out. I just haven't seen it yet. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm like I said, I don't think you'll you'll hate it. You might actually like it more than you did Innkeepers. If, yeah. but, but I still feel like it had that problem of uh, Ty West is is in, is married to the idea of the slow burn. Yeah. And if you have a slow burn, but there's no real punch at the end of the burn, it's a little kind of see where it's going. Already. It's basically yeah. just a slow burn, and that's not, uh, you know, that's what you were saying um, last time when you were talking about. Uh, uh, Happy Christmas, and you said that there was a moment that flashed through your mind of kind of why does this movie exist? What is right. this movie trying to do? I had that feeling definitely through through the sacrament. Like gotcha. this is interesting, but it feels like they needed a few more ideas to really make it make it work. Sure, mm. sure, gotcha. But it is on demand, and you know I do recommend anyone who's a fan of horror movies at least check it out. But it, you know it's almost, it almost doesn't play as much like a horror movie just because it's so light on scares. It's more about the dread and the atmosphere, and those are really the only things about it that that really work. Hmm. Um. I guess it's I guess it's my turn. It's your turn. Did, did I talk about? I have a hard time pronouncing this guy's name. Jordanowski. Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky. You, Jodor- you saw Jodorowsky's Dune? Yes. I fucking loved Jodorowsky's Dune. <laughs> my mind was blown by it. My mind was blown. My mind was blown for a lot of reasons. The impact that the movie has had and it never came out on everything. Yes, yes. <laughs> they very convincing montage of how. Yeah. Do you, you do you know about the premise no. of this? No. Holy shit! Well, Alejandro Jodorowsky, who was a Mexican director who was famous for making these bizarre, it's intense, crazy, crazy. like disturbing art films. Some people think that he's. He makes trash. Some people think he makes works of beauty, but there's yeah. no question that he's an artist. And he okay. is he's a very magnetic personality. And Super magnetic. So at one point when he was riding high from the success of his movie, The Holy Mountain, a producer came to him and said, what movie would you like to make? And he said, Dune, which we find out he hadn't read the book. He had just heard it was good. <laughs> he just said, Dune. And, and you know, this was in 1975, I believe, or yeah. 1974 and 1975 when they were putting this together. They proceed to go ahead and, like innovate and put together this crack team of people that won't get to make Jodorowsky's Dune, but they will go on to influence... Make everything. Everything. Every movie that you've seen that you like, like Alien and... Well, like, okay. The design... Oh, my... 
Oh well, my I mean, they, they, they brought in H.R. Giger, who you know designed the Alien from Alien. Right, they yeah. also brought in Dan O'Bannon to be like either a production designer or part of... It was unclear what he was doing, but Dan O'Bannon yeah. is the guy who did the special effects for... He was an old buddy of John Carpenter's. He did the effects for John Carpenter's film Dark Star, which if you've seen is a really low-budget yeah. sci-fi yeah. film. Um, and he went on to write Alien, which then used Giger from this project and actually used uh, the uh, the French illustrator uh, Moebius... Mm -hmm. Whose, whose work was used as... I mean, he designed a lot of the costumes and the sets for Alien, and he was first brought on to this. So it's interesting to see that these teams and these people that got brought together for this movie that didn't happen, and they made this fat book that just looked yeah. beautiful, that they sent around to all the studios to try to get backing, and nobody made the movie, yeah. but every one of those studios proceeded to put out movies that seemed to... I mean... It's really convincing, isn't it, Ronald? It's kind of weird. Like you see like, a montage where you see like stuff from the storyboards, and yeah. then you see like scenes from Star Wars. Everything from Star Wars to yeah. Masters of the Universe. And it, and he used ideas wow. that because were developed the idea for this was film. so elaborate. He did a, a frame by frame work of the entire film, right? The set design, music, fucking. He had it all planned out, and it was going to be gorgeous. It was a gorgeous. They showed, it like, might have been the weirdest thing ever, but it would have been yeah, like the most yeah. the most artistically made weird thing he, ever. He the way he described it was basically like he wants you to basically have an acid trip without doing acid yeah. in movie form, and and through the set design and all that stuff, you can tell that it was gonna be that. Yeah. And having him describe how it came together because it was it was very close to being made, and having it seeing how it fell apart is fucking super sad, man, and it, and it's. It's very apparent, kind of midway through the movie, how obsessed he was with the idea of making this beautiful, beautiful movie that would have exceeded a lot of the movies that we worship pretty much. Right. In terms of just ambition. Well, someone someone said, one of the talking heads said very early in the film, and I think it's very interesting to have this thought. They said, you know, because a few years later, Star Wars came out. Yeah. And Star Wars was the first movie of its type, really that right. looked like that, that had that level of, of detail and everything, they were saying if this was the movie that made it to market before Star Wars, sort of like think of how, because Star Wars is known to be like ground zero for like a whole different kind of blockbuster, a whole different kind of filmmaking. It's a, it's a weird comparison. I don't know that this movie would have had the impact of Star Wars because it seems like yeah. it would have been kind of hard to swallow. <laughs> but it is interesting to say if this was the movie that got these images and these ideas out to market, got them in people's minds before Star Wars, maybe this... You know, the phenomenon, a lot of people bemoaned that cinema was so much more interesting before Star Wars kind of ushered in the blockbuster era, mm. uh, as we now know it. Um, it is interesting to ponder, like, if this was, if, if a movie like this was the first, like, big-budget science fiction epic that made it into hearts and minds, I don't know that it would have eliminated more mainstream versions of the same thing, but it is interesting to think of audiences, yeah. by and large, grappling with Jodorowsky's vision, which up to that point and since, he's been kind of... You know, he's known to make these art films, but he's not seen as like a, a mainstream um, force. And and what's interesting, too, is like what leads him to pick the people that he picks. It's like a spiritual thing. Oh, it's wonderful. It's like super, it's driven by this idea that like if he doesn't have a connection with you spiritually, when he comes into a situation with you where he presents his idea, fuck you. Immediately fuck you. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so cool to see the processes that he went through to find these people and how he basically isolates them to make this art. And he wanted it to be... It would have been... It's it's so sad because it would have been, even if it was shitty, yeah. a fucking amazing movie. Well, like, see, this is what he did, too. Like there was a, He needed an actor to play the, the, the young male lead of the film, and he didn't really have anyone in mind, but he has, his son, who had done some acting for him, 
before. He he decided he was going to put his son through this program of being trained, basically just like the, like in the movie, the character or in the story, the character uh, of Paul is trained to be a warrior. He got mm-hmm. this guy to come in and train his son, like a tutor, to come in and like make sure he was like a genius, make sure he was, you know, like. <laughs> He basically, he even says he sacrificed his son yeah. to make the movie, but he said, like, I would have cut my arms off to make this movie. Like, if I'm going to make something, I would I would die to make it, you know? I mean, he, yeah. the guy's like an insane, de- de- devoted artist, and the son seems fine now, but it's yeah. interesting to note that for he two probably... or three years of his son's life, his son was preparing for this role, <laughs> like, six hours a day of, like, yeah. physical training and stuff like that. The son said it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible, but you know he seems healthy now. So it's I mean, a cool ass movie. You but, should, Steve. It's I, I, I gotta get it. Is yeah, it necessary? Like you have to see this movie. I, it's so fucking crazy. How, he makes you. You go from a point to being like this is fucking absurd to falling into, especially when Nicholas Winding Refn Refn Winding Refn. You were so yeah, close, so close. When he's talking about him, and and you you hear how. It, it's not just us. Yeah. It's everybody else that has ever been around him and heard him talk about this movie yeah. or heard anybody else talk about it. You realize how important it is for a movie that never got made. Sure. And it's right. fucking insane. Because I never knew anything. I've heard things about it forever. But I... Because somebody shouted out one time in like a forum. Somebody was like, Fucking Star Wars or never, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. and they mentioned this movie that never came out. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck is that referencing? And then to see this documentary is, it's probably one of the better things that I've seen in a really long time. I, I agree. It was just because it's so, it's so thought provoking. It just yeah. makes you think about the artistic process and and the, the the dedication that these people have when they're making a movie yeah. like this, even if it is like a big mass market entertainment. But the fact that this was looked like it was. It was on track to be something really yeah. different. Now, what I love, my favorite part is where he talks about going to see the David Lynch version of the movie and how yeah. happy he was that it was bad. This is shitty. <laughs> but um, I, I also I I just wanted to throw this out there too that like, you know, so often you're watching a documentary and you're really wondering like, it's like it's interesting, it's well made, but it doesn't feel like there's any real cinema to it. And this movie was made in a really interesting way. Like I love the way they animated the storyboards and the way that they went like they they tell certain parts of the movie and show you some of the ambitious stuff they had planned by animating these storyboards that were drawn by uh moebius the the illustrator who's if you if you know comics he's one of the most influential comic artists of all time hey folks it's john here with a quick installation of everyone's favorite feature notes on pronunciation now the man that i was just referring to as moebius uh, which is a nickname for influential French cartoonist Jean Giraud, and it's spelled M-O-E-B-I-U-S, except it's not even really an O-E. It's that little ligature of O and E that you see in some French words, usually. All my life I had pronounced that Mobius, but upon seeing Jodorowsky himself pronounce it Moebius in the film Jodorowsky's Dune, I adopted that. But, uh, you know, since recording this podcast, I've kind of lost sleep over it, and I've tossed and turned. So, of course, it seems time to do a little research. Now, digging in... Just a tiny bit on the internet reveals that some people pronounce the name Mabius, other people pronounce it Moebius or Moebius, and uh, then on YouTube I did find this pronunciation series that has you know a reasonably credible uh, sheen to it, and they suggest that it be pronounced like this. Moebius. So I think what we've learned is that however you pronounce it, just make sure that you sound snooty. Back to the show. 
Um, and his storyboards looked beautiful. They did. And they went through every scene, every shot with a description. And what Vending Refn said was that he remember he was at Yodorowsky's house, yeah. and Yodorowsky said um, he said, "What's this?" And he said, "That's Dune." And he said, oh, I didn't know you made it. And he said, well, we made it as this book. And Yodorovsky sat down with Vending Refn and went through and apparently like told him the whole movie. <laughs> the entire movie. And Vending but... Refn said, like, I can sort of say I'm the only person who's seen Yodorovsky's yeah. Dune because I sat down with him and he walked me through every storyboard, every shot. He's one of those people it. that you can listen to for hours oh, talking so about any given thing. There's only one part where he goes a little bit oh, off the script. Talk, I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. And I think it was gross. It was, gr- it was every, gross. Every... Everybody cringed in the movie when he talked. Oh, fucking so everything crazy. he says is charming and interesting. And then there's one part where he he yeah maybe he doesn't quite understand the definition of, of I think the word. He does. He's, he's, yeah. Well, that's what makes. But he it said he does it with love. That's the part that's that's odd. I was like, oh, he doesn't understand fucking what he's talking gross, about. Fucking gross, man. It, yeah. So see that movie, please, Steve. I will. Please see that. I will. Movie. I promise. Uh, did it, either one of you see Neighbors? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it multiple times. What'd you think about it? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really fun. I thought too. We saw it together, didn't we? No, we saw it together, didn't we? What? Who did I see? Did, did he come? Yeah, he was there. Oh, you were I there. Oh, there. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you were there. Okay, it, how, did, so long how did we ago? forget that we because saw it? Because it was a month ago. I didn't forget. I'm, I'm, I'm like watching you guys was like, a, did we see it? Because it was a month ago. Well, I knew that I had seen it. That's all I knew. <laughs> uh, yeah, see it. It was good. Well, I mean, at this I point, it's been kind of processed. But I would say that it's funny in a way that oh, yeah. that a lot of these movies aren't funny because <laughs> it allows the female character to be just as dumb and funny as yes. the male character. And I would say I came out of this movie... In fact, that's something that's worth mentioning. I came out of this movie with a major crush on on Rose Byrne. So, I've yeah. loved. I've her. always liked her, but loved I loved her. her in this, and I wanted like not just did I not just is she is she beautiful or whatever, mm-hmm. but she was fun. Like I wanted she's to hang weird. out with her after she's seeing really this movie. Funny. The scene where they're rushing the kid to the hospital and they're running down the 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 hall at like to the emergency room. The expressions on her face in that scene. You know, it's so often you watch an actor in a funny scene like that, and you can tell who's funny and who's not. Yeah. I mean, she... She takes that scene. She takes that scene. Yeah. And almost after that, I was noticing... I mean, again, the movie just gives her character a lot more to do than the wife or girlfriend character usually gets to do in these movies. Yeah. So in that sense, it was really kind of forward-thinking. Um, and the other thing I liked about the movie was that there is a relationship between uh, Zac Efron's character and Dave Franco's character that is like... In another movie, there would have been a lot of really lame, homophobic, gay panic type humor. But the yeah. way these two guys have that kind of frat bro, slightly homoerotic friendship. The, but the movie never stepped over the line into making what felt like homophobic jokes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. yeah it's definitely. a very subtle thing, but it really felt like a sort of, uh, I don't know, just a, a modern take on this kind of comedy. It was yeah. not, you know, from the trailers, I know a lot of people dismissed it as kind of a bro comedy. And it might be that. But it's got it's got a few more little interesting things up its sleeve. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And Seth Rogen is still, you know, I, I love the guy. I've, I've grown to like him a lot over yeah. the past few years. I actually yeah. loved the movie. I, I, I thought it was hilarious. It was really funny. And I agree with what you said about Rose Byrne. That scene walking or running in the hospital, like her arms are like out and she's like moving people and yeah. moving like <laughs> curtains and just like the the her eyes. And when uh, Jason Manzuka says like... <laughs> Your daughter has AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> is how this could have ended. She's like, That's fuck it. you. Who says that? That was like, so that, that that command of that scene was like the timing was just perfect. That part and is that, so funny. That movie was hilarious, and uh, you know, getting getting further into adulthood, you know, again, you know, not having children but having friends that have children, 
seeing some of the jokes play out regarding like their transition themselves and how they're kind of battling with where they're at in their life. Yeah. You know, it's something that's very relevant. And and some of those little in jokes I could definitely pick up on it were really funny. Let's keep it down. Yeah. Just keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Just I'm just throw it away. What are you doing? With... <laughs> what, what, what is that? Hey, that I, dynamic was I would absolutely great. watch that movie again oh, right yeah. now I would talking do. to you about it. I'd like to watch it, it again. I, the, another big laugh for me, I won't run it for anybody, I'll just say ceiling fan. That part, yeah. I nearly shat my pants. I laughed <laughs> so hard at that. <laughs> That's funny. That's the good thing. is like There's a lot of those funny moments in the movie. Yeah, there I, are. I feel like it. if you took five people that saw it, somebody might pick a different scene for each mm-hmm. person. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, There's That's some the really... Fun, like the uh the the uh the impersonation scenes in the car yeah. with uh with uh, Seth and Ike and um the <laughs> scene with Seth Rogen and Zach with the Batman scene yes yeah. like oh god subtle, that. subtle scenes so like the Batman scene was so fucking <laughs> funny so funny I was dying it was funny as fuck man. Oh, and, I mean and some of that was in the trailer but like the play out of it on the screen yeah. was was nice well the way it comes it. back yeah is, exactly. was really great that's and, what made me think of it of, around that scene that you were talking about before mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the commercial had a bunch of scenes that didn't happen in the movie. Like he fell through the ceiling and a toilet on a toilet. Oh, I do. Yeah, they yeah, fucking yeah. show that. In the, that was I right. hate when that they was do an that. earlier trailer too. So weird. That happens a lot now, or yeah. it always has. But yeah, that's kind of always interesting slash weird when you yeah. Pick well, you know up what? On that. You know what oh, movies whoa. it seems to happen a lot with is the sort of the the sort of Adam McKay yeah. school or the yeah. Judd Apatow school where yeah. you know they do a lot of improvising yeah. so probably mm. when they cut the trailer there's a lot of parts that the, you know they don't know what the movie's gonna Could be end up being yeah because yeah. I remember like the first Anchorman trailer like I don't think any of the jokes were in the eventual movie sure wow and then they all turned up to be in that the alternate footage that they edited together so yeah I think that uh, so I'd heard a lot of people talking about uh, how this was kind of like Zac Efron coming out you know as a funny actor I thought he was good but I thought Dave Franco was better. Was great. I mean, I thought I think he's like a little bit of a secret weapon that these movies use at this yeah. point. I would love to see him get a little, a little something more. But actually, maybe this movie was the little something more. This was more of Dave Franco, and he got to play a, a really fully rounded character, yeah. which was which was kind of nice. I want to see him in more stuff. I yeah, I mean, he's he's also going to be in Twenty Two Jump Street this summer again, which I'm looking yeah. forward to. He was also funny in that last year or two years ago, uh, Twenty One Jump Street rather. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really did love Neighbors. I mean, Same. last summer with This is the End and this summer with this, I mean, I, I, I've grown to truly love Seth Rogen, I think. And, well, his, and his recent... Like, I was going to say, there's shitting. one other thing. Yeah, his re- recent outing of Justin Bieber yeah, was... Uh, fucking... just Well, that was the... the, the well, he didn't out trick. him. Well, not, not, not outing. <laughs> I mean, just... Ba- like, I mean, I don't know. Not outing him, but basically saying like he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, right. Like, I'm a big celebrity too, and I'm gonna just say on yeah. Howard Stern that this guy's a fucking tool. I love what he I don't, said. Not many celebrities do that. That's what I meant by yeah. outing him. Yeah. Like he was just being blunt and like saying, "I don't care who hears this or if he hears this, <laughs> he's a dick." Yeah. You know what I mean? I love what he said about basically saying like, you know, because Seth Rogen seems like the type of guy who would play the game. He probably wouldn't be rude to someone, yeah. you know, if if they were famous and they wanted to meet him or whatever. But what I love about that story is that Justin Bieber wanted to meet him. Yes. And then yeah. when he went to meet him, Justin Bieber acted like. It was, like, it was the other way yeah. around, and he his whole his Seth Rogen's anger about that was so funny. He was like, "Why the like look at like why would I give a fuck who you are? You yeah. know, like I'm a I'm a I'm a celebrity. I'm, yeah. I'm a I'm a star. Like that's not the kind of thing that normally he would point out. But I just love that like that in that moment he was driven to actually sort of say like, yeah. wait a minute, why do you think I would be glad to talk to you? You know, you should be glad to talk to me. Plus, I'm like I think the other thing he pointed out was that." Justin Bieber's too much of a young idiot to know that grown-ups really don't give a shit about 
Justin yeah. Bieber, you know? It's very true. But like that, that, uh, yeah, that was, that was infuriating. Was and it's like, if I didn't already sort of start to feel myself falling in love with Seth Rogen, that would have been the, that would have been what made it yeah, happen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what Pussy else? Neighbors. If it's yeah, it's 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 been out for a few weeks now, but yeah. it's a hit and uh, I mean, if justifiably you stay away so. Because you think it looks like a movie you've seen before. I, I think there's definitely going to be something in there that that is that will be new to you. It definitely yeah. has a few new new jokes up its sleeve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what else we've seen? What else? Uh, did anybody see Escape from Tomorrow? Wow, that's wait. Last year's Escape from Tomorrow. Yeah, the the, the one that was shot one. at Disney. I yeah, fought, I saw it. You loved it. No. Okay, good. I thought you were saying I fucking loved it. It was fucking weird. Yeah, I man. didn't like it. You saw it? Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. wasn't I saw a fan. like a really crisp cop. What the a fuck? crisp copy? It was fucking weird, man. <laughs> it it had some. I. Oh, I saw it a while ago, but you saw a crisp saw copy, a crisp so your experience copy. is obviously better than mine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> obviously, I saw it in a subpar environment. Yeah, you saw Steve, it why shitty... were you watching that blurry, smudgy yeah, copy? What an idiot! <laughs> why watch? Why watch a non-crisp? copy yeah, of a well, film that was shot guerrilla style in, in Walt Disney World with a camera under yeah. his jacket. What the fuck was that movie, man? I have what no idea. What the fuck was that movie? <laughs> I have nothing and to I add. Didn't... I had nothing to add to this movie. The ambi- it's ambitious, man. It's an ambitious movie, but w- uh, it falls so short. It Yeah. It Okay. Um, I got nothing to say. What else did you say? I saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, yeah, I know you don't care. Um, did you like it? I did like it. I didn't love it. Um... I didn't love the Amazing Spider-Man either. I'm very middle. Yeah. I really like, I really do like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Oh, me too. Though. I think he, too. Um, I don't know if I was talking to one of you about this, but like he looks really good in the costume. Oh yeah, he looks about and as that, much like a drawing of Spider-Man. That as is amazing has. too. Like yeah. seeing that, I don't think I've ever seen that on the screen. And I'm not the comic book guy that you guys are, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I have read Spider-Man comics and like it looks like what you saw on the pages like you know those scenes and and with the cg is much better in this film i think it actually the special effects look really good a lot of like the flight sequences when he's going around the city Mm -hmm. i mean it's like it's it's a it's like an aha moment almost like like, there's a slow motion one that i i literally looked over to aaron was like holy shit that looks that's so cool you know Mm -hmm. and and we've seen everything but i mean i feel like this costume design is great his physique is just right they even got that they even got the big eyes just like i mean it's like and even like when he's when he's hanging there, his poses, everything is like dead on. And I, even people I know that have that I, having not seen it, I've read some reviews though. Even people that did not like the movie, they've all sort of begrudgingly said, "But this is the best Spider-Man has ever looked." And Andrew yeah. Garfield's performance, like you know, the fact that they make him kind of a like like to- Tobey Maguire was always a little bit more emo. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield does play him as like a little bit of a sarcastic douche. Which has kind of always been, yeah. like Peter Parker's, the, the thing about him has always been that he kind of makes trouble for himself because of who he is, the way he is. He's heroic, but he also shoots off at the mouth and he's always, you know, causing trouble that way. Sure. And it seems like this is the first time I can say that they seem to have d- gotten that aspect of the character right. Mm. But it I haven't has, heard many good things about, like, the plot of the movie it, outside of that. It's Yeah, because it, it, it gets it gets weighed down. I mean, it, it's doing that thing that they all do, like, where there's so many villains going on and... And not that this is a fresh thought at all, but it's the only thing that I could think of in the whole movie, and I've read it in tons of reviews. But this whole like this whole comic book world that that cinema has experiencing right now, whether it's Marvel or DC or whatever, and Marvel having is existing in Disney and Fox and Sony, whatever they're mm-hmm. trying to do with their franchises. There's there's so much effort now to like for the long game, 
of yes. everything. And that's so and, fucking and, annoying. And yeah. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I feel like it, it's. I, I've seen a movie suffer more. Uh, uh, this movie suffer the one that I'm watching right now suffer more than than this film. Um, I don't think this movie sucked or anything like that. I did enjoy the movie. I thought I had I had I had some fun with it going in with some mixed reviews. I thought I liked yeah. it more than I would have. Um, well, you even said to me that the that low expectations definitely helped your enjoyment. Absolutely, it did. Had I gone and seen it prior to the, the release or like an advanced screening, I probably would have been like really high on it, and I probably would have not liked it as much. But there's just so much long game, like you know, and everything that you read it at all. I mean, sorry, you, we we've read it all in the news and on the websites, like what their plans are with the Sinister Six films and a Venom and a car, all these things, and like you you watch the movie, like okay, well they they're doing that because of that. And they and they they uh, they blatantly say things that you're like they drop that name because they're they're trying to set that mm. that spinoff up, and you know even the stuff with like Harry and 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 what you do see of what will be the Sinister Six and things like that, I don't know that does anything for this movie right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was really I don't and some of the mentions of it. <laughs> I heard I don't, someone describe him. Uh, what's his name? Dean DeHaan is that his name? Dane, yeah, Dane, Dane DeHaan. Dane. <laughs> I heard someone describe his uh, Green Goblin. As looking like he was covered in diarrhea. <laughs> kind of, kind of, pretty, it's kind of pretty accurate. Yeah. I saw a picture. I don't know. That just made me like, like, yeah, that's one too many villains uh, for that movie, if not two too many villains. Were any yeah. of the villains good? No. Like, was was Electro cool to see at no. least? Was no. Jamie Foxx any good? No. No. <laughs> that, that, I was, I was getting to that. My, my biggest complaint about the movie, was fucking... about this movie, you yeah. know, what they were trying to do with this movie was what they did with Electro and and Jamie Foxx. I don't know that it's Jamie Foxx's fault. I don't I don't know. I don't like Jamie Foxx being Jamie Foxx in a yeah. movie. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. hey, Spider-Man, I'm going to kill you, Spider-Man. I'm Jamie Foxx, Spider-Man. Well, and it's weird because the character starts hate... off different than that. But then when he becomes Electro, he's like a different person. You know, I feel he's... like before with the nerdy character yeah. that he plays is like an in living color character from a sketch or yeah. something. It, it really it does not like... seem like a dramatic role. <laughs> oh, I heard someone say that he's playing Jim Carrey from Batman Forever. And I thought that oh, sounded no. about right. Like that kind of over the top. Yeah. But it's pretty cor- correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but my impression is that a lot, of, at least a lot of people seem to be hitting this movie for seeming like it was conceived of years ago before they started making these tonally faithful comic book adaptations yeah, yeah. that this they said it felt like one of the ones that might have been made in the 90s where they oh. were they were they weren't quite sure how to have a fun tone without it just being goofy yeah, is that no, about that, right that's or, definitely right see cuz that yeah. to me see, feels like a major step back yeah All, that's absolutely accurate but there are parts that play that that plays well mm-hmm. i in my opinion like some of the spider-man stuff like some of that like kind of I don't know the right word, like how fun Spider-Man can be. Oh yeah, you know, in t- in in the public eye, like yeah. you know, with kids and things like that. Like there was some of that with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, but I mean, there's a couple scenes where, like, you know, kind of how he kind of picks on the villain a little bit, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and he kind of like prods at him before he he's so confident and at points that he's almost like kind of just playing and dancing. And some of that stuff actually was really cool. Yeah, Spider-Man, fun. like I said, he's supposed to be kind of a dick. Exactly, yeah. and that, and they hit that on the head. Like I think mm-hmm. that is that that works in this movie, but um, yeah, tonally it's 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 plucked from a different. It doesn't feel the same like some of the other ones that you're that we are seeing on on the screen today. Um, other thing I really enjoyed, I think actually the acting across the board, except for how I feel about Jamie Foxx or Dane, um, Dehan. Paul Giamatti's not in it a ton, but you can tell that he had a blast doing it. He's just like, he's up to 11. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like crazy Paul, you know, whatever. But Let me guess, does he play someone kind of who's like irritable? And... 
Um, not, I not, guess so. Not having a great day. I, I guess just feel so. like Paul, that's what Paul Giamatti does. Is he? Uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, he plays the rhino. He flusters. I mean, he's, you know? Yeah, he's kind of like annoyed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say the acting is really good. I mean, I think it's. I guess the 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 core. Um, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, and gotta give some love to Sally Field. I mean, Sally Field. I think she's great, man. And and her, there's a scene with her and uh, and Andrew Garfield that's really great in the film. I thought was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. And uh, and I think how they handle everything with uh, with Gwen Stacy was was actually really well handled. Like the that that ten minutes of film, mm-hmm. like when all that's going down, um, was was really good. Actually, I thought I actually really that 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 except for the scene with Sally Field, that ten minutes was my was the best part of the whole movie. Mm. Um, which well, is you know, well they have great chemistry. Absolutely, yeah, and wonderful chemistry. Aren't they dating in real life? Is that? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know them personally. That's crazy. Yeah. I would. You don't know them personally? <laughs> what? I don't either. I heard it from someone who knows them personally. Uh, yeah, 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 a friend yeah, of a friend. Secondhand. Yeah. Got it. No, I mean, I don't know. I'll go ahead and tell you. It was J. Jonah Jameson that told me about it. <laughs> was he even in these movies? It just occurred to me. He, he's referenced. Okay. He, oh. He's referenced by name a few times. That's it. But you know what? I feel like that's one of the rare roles that they may as well just get J.K. Simmons to do it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, who are they going to yeah. cast that's going to be any better, any better than that? Than that? Yeah. No, it's, no, totally. It's funny that you say that about franchise fever because I do think that's a problem. I it do is think, a big problem, I think man. that this long-term, it's like, it's, it's, and you can even see it Maybe not with the Avengers, maybe not with uh, Captain America Winter Soldier where these are good stories being told. But you can see it in the Marvel movies at times too where – because we kind of complained about that feeling of like it feels like it's a chapter more so than a than a movie. Yeah. But at least with the Marvel movies, it does kind of seem like the movies are at least kind of self-contained. But with yeah. the Spider-Man thing, what I, when I heard that they were – it was – you know, they're, they're – like the part two – is like the first part of a trilogy, correct? So there's yeah. going to be two more Amazing Spider-Man movies, and in between somewhere there's going to be a Sinister Six, Six right. movie. That does feel like a, just so much planning. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's awful. on. I guess it's what I'm wondering screen. is how do they even know that they aren't like neglecting the movie they're working on now? And I don't just mean in terms of not finishing the story or in terms yeah. of setting things up that don't that don't pay off, but how do they know that they're not like focusing? more on having the next movie in the pipeline than they are on just making a good movie. It almost seems like you should make a movie, have it have, tell a complete story, sit back, see how it does, then everybody regroup and let's make another one. I mean, yeah. different from... I mean, there are movie series and, like, you know, something like Lord of the Rings or something where it's a story that is a continuing thing. I can see that being, we're going to make this as a trilogy. But with Spider-Man, I don't know. It's like, why... Well, the... Like, why give away all those plans? Because you're right, Steve. The story is as much about the plans as yeah. it is about the movie. And, in exactly. fact, once the movie comes out, it almost seems like an afterthought to all the hype yep. sometimes. The, the issue with that, though, is it's different than, like, something, like, performance-based right in the moment because like you're, you're only as good as your last performance when it comes to like performance based stuff but this is different the band has been established you know the band mm-hmm. you fucking love the band it doesn't matter what the band does this movie's gonna do fantastic even if even if the movie was just Spider-Man walking around and punching people in the face for two hours kids will love that movie and that movie's gonna do incredibly so the so the litmus test of what quality is isn't the same anymore. It used to be like the movie's not going to do well if it's shitty. Spider-Man is not one of those movies that's going to do poorly even if it's a terrible story. So it's winning, period. You can make a movie yeah, especially it's, worldwide, it's going to It's going to do money. well regardless. Right. There's no there's nothing we know they're terrible movies. You talk to people that even it doesn't even matter if you watch 
comic book movies. You can come mm-hmm. out of it feeling kind of empty. Because right. I'm that's what I've been hearing. But it does not matter. Because it's Spider-Man, because it's a well-known... Because X-Men is what it is, X-Men's going to do well. They have established characters. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I don't disagree with it's that. It's its machine. Mean, it's going it's to do well, yes. That's, I don't know... I mean, in perspective, it's the worst performing Spider-Man of any of them. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, but it's still... It still made a lot of money. Yeah, but I think again, I think what I, I think what partially contributes to that is not so much that we know that the movie may not be great, but people still go see it. It's that I think that they are invested in the the big picture, you know, right, or the yeah. long whatever term the long game. Like they're okay with it being the the worst performing one <laughs> because it keeps Spider Man relevant, yeah. like you're saying, in this world of all these other superhero films yeah. coming Plus out. Plus, it keeps them the rights. Yeah, and and it, exactly as we were going to say, yeah. and it keeps the rights in their hands. Um, and I mean, there. I think eventually. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that maybe this one maybe has a su- for their plan. Trying to think the way they're thinking. Yeah. Maybe this movie had to suffer a little bit in maybe terms of the, the next- storytelling. Yeah. So that they could set up some grand plan they have. I'm being optimistic. Right. I feel like there could be some really cool shit in this world that Spider-Man lives in that they're building. You know, maybe if they get Venom right, I would say I forgive you for the Amazing Spider-Man too. But <laughs> I, I would don't love know. a Venom movie. Right, right. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. Like maybe they have some amazing plan. I don't yeah. know. But I mean, that's what I assume. You know, like I think they they think. I mean, it's not like a it's not like a poor film. I don't I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's Cinescore ratings were pretty good. Like on IMDb, it's a pretty good rating. Critics didn't love it, but I don't know that they like love a lot of these. I don't know. No. Well, with the exception of Captain America, they they love that. But um, I think critics I are know. have a bad. Uh, I mean, again, I haven't seen either one of them, so I can't say whether it's true or not. But I think people have a general attitude of why did they reboot Spider Man? Like regardless, yeah, yeah. regardless right, of, every, right, the right, of everything right, that we too. want to say about Andrew Garfield being a good choice and it being a good look, but I think a lot of people felt like it was too soon to reboot. Um, and I think that. A lot of critics are still, you know, sometimes critics right. are kind of old-fashioned right. in their thinking, too. So it's like, whereas you or I might go, why did they reboot this? But that's what they do. I'm going to dig in. I think sometimes you feel like the established critics are, they just have a, a bug up their ass about certain things. And they're not going to, you know what I mean? They're not going to enjoy a movie that they already think is unnecessary. I mean, yeah. you, you will see good reviews for movies like this occasionally. But a lot of times, there's sort of a critical line. And I think that's been the common refrain is just... You're well, right. Why does this? Why is this even happening? Like it feels like it's too soon to make another Spider-Man movie anyway. Let alone a whole new series, uh, and and the whole the fact that they might be getting things right they've never gotten right before. Um, you know, to me that's encouraging. I mean, I, I I enjoyed the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies for what they were, but there, you know, there were some some major cheese factor in some of those oh, yeah. things, and and it, Spider-Man Three has its moments, but it's a mess. It's a that's mess. A terrible movie. Yeah, that movie's not. But that had um, a lot to do with the studio interfering and trying to cram too many villains in. It was supposed to be just Sandman. Yeah. And they, so they, they, they crammed in Venom into that movie, and they, they basically gave both those characters short shrift. You know what I mean? Neither character really gets room to grow. I'm guessing that might be similar to the scenario with Electro and, and is it Green Goblin? Did, do we get full on Green Goblin in this movie or? Yes. Okay. So and that plus Rhino. So that's three. Well, yeah. Well, the. Uh, right, it was like a tease at the beginning. Yeah, right? yeah, he's teased, and then at the end, where you're introduced to Green Goblin, you're teased of what the Rhino 
Oh, what he might become. What, what he what he becomes. You okay. get you get piece of it at the end. Oh, okay. And that's kind of like our little outro for the film. But um. But I mean, still, that feels yeah. overstuffed. Like, there's a reason. That, that's the reason why movies like this are two hours and twenty minutes long, or well, whatever. I mean, there's just too much going on. And I, again, I don't know. I don't want to sound like an old man going like, "Oh, it's too much." But something like a movie could should kind of be about one story, one yeah, thing. And the best movies usually are the ones that follow a thread, not ninety-seven threads. You know? Yeah, it's too many people. Yeah, I, yeah. They're just. Get, I think they're trying to get excited, and they're getting ahead of themselves a little bit. Yeah. They're trying to catch up. But, uh, well, I know they're trying to turn the, the Spider-Man characters that they own, they're kind of trying to turn that into a universe, yeah, so to speak, exactly. which is fine, but it's going to get pretty shallow pretty soon because there's, there's not that many more characters to add to this universe that are that are interesting. I mean, you know, you've got Spider-Man, you've got his villains. I'm still unsure how a Sinister Six movie is even going to work, but I did hear that it was supposed to be written and directed by Drew Goddard, who you know we all know from his work writing for the different Whedon projects right. and stuff. So if anybody has an angle, I could feel like someone from the House of Whedon could probably make a, a movie about a bunch of villains. They, they would have, an, a, you know, Drew Goddard seems like a guy who would have a, a funny idea for that, but it still seems kind of just like, it's an odd thing to do. Like Sounds terrible. Two, two or three movies into your series about your hero to, to dedicate an entire movie to a bunch of bad guys... That isn't going to have Spider-Man in it. I mean, I'd be willing to bet you you don't see one frame of Spider-Man in the Sinister Six movie. So, so like, yeah, it's weird. You know, like it's how are, how are you going to do that? Yeah, is it going to be know. is it going to be about them teaming up to fight a greater foe or something? You know what I mean? Are, are they going to lose their teeth as villains because we're going to see them in this in this whatever it is? But can I ask you guys a question now that we're talking about superheroes? It's not going to be the most timely thing by the time people hear. Oh, this. I was I was hoping we would get to this. I, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, I think it looks incredible. Okay, good, good. Okay. Well, we're all in the bag. Fuck, man. For the new bat I, suit. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be. I, I know. I'm I like, was very uh, anxious to ask you because you were not. Well, let's very let's excited. let's give a little background. Uh, Steve is is definitely. You're in the bag for Affleck. 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 You're in the bag for Affleck. I'm a I'm a cheerleader. You're an yeah. Affleck yeah. partisan. I mean, yeah, you know, I would say, you, yeah. you, if he was in something bad, you'd be able to admit it. But you, you're, you're always rooting for the guy. Sure. And I, I think I was more media, like on the fence. I don't know how you felt when he was announced as Batman. I was not one of those that said it was oh. going to suck. I was just one that thought Ben Affleck has become a more interesting director. Yeah. Acting may not be his his, his forte. Does he want to go back to acting and take himself off for a franchise that's going to take him off the directing market for however many years, you know? But that picture. I mean that convinced the shit out of me. It just looked a does it looks like Batman, but it also yeah. looks like what they said. It looks like a grown up Batman yeah. who's maybe been through some shit that we haven't seen Batman be through he, before. He's never been okay. W one thing I, that picture made me think about was people doubt Zack Snyder, but then when I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember why I fucking love Zack but Snyder. I don't think they doubt his visual. That that's a picture. Yeah, I think what they doubt is a story. He he does a pretty good. All the comic book movies he's made are fucking good. Tell me a comic movie that he's made that's terrible. I mean, uh, I can't say any of that. I don't know any of that. Terrible. Watchmen, watch a lot of I people like say Watchmen. Watchmen. I, like I love Watchmen. Like Watchmen. Three hundred. I like Three Hundred. They're all good movies. I like Man of Steel. I, I think I all of those it. movies are good and visually astounding. Yeah. Good movies that have definite weak spots in terms of script, but enough like every one of the movies has a sequence in it that i still think of sometimes when i'm just yeah. thinking of like visually impressive sequences they, so yeah i think Zack snyder is he's like it's odd that he's where he is in his career making these giant movies and yet he's still i would call him underrated yeah they yeah, have yeah. yet they also have yet to make a large batman 
Like there, there's, yeah, no, there's not been a stocky, menacing Batman that's, ever. That's true. Dark Knight Batman is to me, which is like that's what everyone's saying is Dark yeah, Knight Returns, like older, the, the seminal Frank Frank Miller graphic yeah. novel. This character design seems to be pulled from that because it's got the shorter Chicago, ears yeah. and he's a little bit stockier yeah. and he just looks like he's a man. You yeah, know? like not a lot of like darting around, just punching the shit out of people mm-hmm. and taking them out. Like that is what I want. I've always that, and that looks convincing in this yeah. shot. Like, it, it looks, looks like, like he's that. gonna get out of the car and beat the fuck out of people. <laughs> and the Which, car looks great too, by the yes. way. It looks very classic. And and I think that Zack Snyder likes that sort of stuff. What do they call that car again? The Bat Car? The Car Bat? bat Batman's Car? <laughs> he's genuinely thinking like what? <laughs> like, what? They call him Batman's Car. I, I I know there's a name for it. The Pope Mobile. The Pope Mobile. The Pope Mobile. Wait, well, <laughs> is that a spoiler? Did you read something about the Pope being in this movie? I don't want to hear anymore. Yeah, man. Like, I like the idea of him being stocky and tall and fucking people up. Yeah, he looked big. He's, yeah. He looks huge. It's weird to me, though, because this, like, it's coming out 2016. Yeah. And this is a promo shot that you know they shot probably a month or so yeah. ago. I think they just knew that people, like, this was a way to get, like, they need something. Yeah. yeah. But also, to me, it's a sign that they know they might have something good. Like, I bet that they didn't have to release an image, but I bet they thought, this looks awesome. People are going to go sh- ape shit for this. Let's give yeah, them something. Because yeah. this, to me, feels like a very calculated move. Because you think got... they're shooting, like, I know I saw some po- some pre-production stuff happening. I don't know. I, I, but, I mean, he looks big. I mean, because I, I just saw the trailer for, like, well, it's been out for a, a weeks now, but, like, how he's got Gone Girl coming out this fall. Mm-hmm. Which looks Affleck, insane. Which looks amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he looks normal. Like, it's the normal, you yeah. know, you see him in everything else he's been in. But, I mean, he looks fucking big. He looks big. Like, he's a tall... He's Like, when you're saying a big Batman, yeah. like, he's tall. Yeah. You know, but he looks thick. I mean, yeah. some of that might be the suit. It looks... Yeah. I mean, uh, dude. He's and gonna... I don't know if you saw the version of it online, like, where... Uh, yeah, they've... They lightened it out. Mm-hmm. No. Like, yeah. No, and so you see more detail in the costume, like, the like the, the, the ripples, like, the wrinkles. I remember when Ben Affleck was announced, they, there was talk of... of the bat suit looking great. Yeah. That there was at that time. Yeah, they were Kevin already, Smith said something. They were already he? saying they've seen the design. Yeah, maybe it was him that said he's seen the designs and it's going to blow people away. And now I see why he would say that is because it really does look cool. Dude, I mean, it looks really good. Even like the good. fabric, it's it, really good. It doesn't look like cheap. It, it doesn't like look shiny like, and like, like yeah, that, like as, as as well designed as certain things about the Nolan version of the bat suit were. I I would say that it still felt it still was a rubber muscle suit. Whereas this looks like a fabric or something. It yeah. almost looks like chain mail or something even. It's definitely... How do you think they're going to do the whole, like, them colliding? I don't know I'm that we're going to see a story that we've seen before in this yeah. movie. But I do think they're probably going to pull from a, that dynamic of, between the two characters. I bet that we're going to see a little bit of Boy Scout versus Dark Knight kind of yeah. kind of interaction. But I my hope is... I mean, I liked Henry Cavill. And I, I always feel like Superman gets gets short shrift when compared to Batman. I just hope that Superman gets to hold his own in the movie with Batman because I don't want to see them... You know what I mean? Like, the whole Dark Knight Returns, the whole premise of that is, like, Superman has become, like, a stooge of the government and Batman... Like, they they have, like, a huge fight, Mm -hmm. um, which now it's absurd to think of Superman and Batman fighting because it still seems like (laughs) Batman should be able to just, you know, shouldn't be able to get very far in that fight. Superman should just take his arms off his body. Yeah, (laughs) which would be funny to see (laughs) that. (laughs) (laughs) To see a really big budget movie of Superman just destroying <laughs> Batman would be funny. But no, I just hope that they don't forget that just because Batman is the coolest and we all know it, that that you know this was originally a Superman sequel. This was originally his movie. So yeah. I hope that they, I hope when they build their universe, that they they stay conscious of the fact that 
you know, they they made some strides towards making Superman a more interesting character for modern audiences in that last movie. Oh, I yeah. hope they don't just throw that down the crapper and say, okay, he's a stooge of the government in this next movie. I hope yeah. that it's more like he's still kind of finding his way. Because at the end of Man of Steel, I wanted to see a Superman movie, you know, because they ended with that, with him basically being Clark Kent, like at the Daily Planet and everything. They ended with the status quo. So I wanted yeah. to see more of that version of superman me too uh, i hope they do that in the next yeah. one but i mean I, yeah i let's hope that it's not just the, those two characters fighting because you know there's a, that's kind of like fake tension because we know at, at some point they're going to team up yeah so let's hope they don't just do the usual arc of superheroes meet and fight at first and then start to get along let's hope there's some surprises but also you know like wonder woman's supposed to be part of it there have been rumors of every other like aquaman everything else so like this is gonna i think if they do this right this is gonna blow avengers out of the water because i don't think so i don't think i I think think, it's going to i don't think in a million years it could blow it out of the water i think i I think what it could do though is is be is 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 match it. It's like is like show that yes, but the potency of Batman yeah. just as an iconic cultural item. Yeah. I could see people flocking to those this movie. two together and one. Oh man! I, yeah. And one. He's pretty jacked in that picture. Oh yeah. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna be so menacing. I just want him to plop down and. I love that version of Batman. I like the like stiffer, older, fighting. Just fighting to survive, sort of. Batman. Why does it make me sad that all my life I've wanted to see an older Batman, yeah. and they finally do, and it's a guy who's it's my he's my age now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all my life I've been like, when are they gonna finally when do an old, old Batman? Batman? And then they finally do, and I'm like, but now he's he's not old. <laughs> he's oh wait, old he's old. All. You're old. Yeah, I guess I guess it's like it's like a, a an athlete like. When somebody's like thirty, that's old in in like professional sports. But in life, it's super forty, thirty, mm-hmm. forty is not old. But in these, but that that's gonna be the kind of the cool angle. Of Ask it. a fifteen year old though; <laughs> it's still fucking old. Yeah, <laughs> uh. that's gonna be a cool angle, man. Just the idea that like Batman's a little older. Well, you know, I said it. I don't think it would come close to Avengers if this movie is good. Oh man, if it's I good, I see it. I think it could be amazing in the, in terms of like its reach as mm-hmm. far as box office and everything. But like you know, Man of Steel didn't quite go there. But Superman's not as popular of a character as Batman, so we'll just have to see. It will be interesting to see. I know that there has been like back and forth the release date. Uh, you know, Captain America three was briefly scheduled at the same release date as Yikes. Batman and Superman, but Marvel basically said it's like it was a calculated move on their part to say we think you know we we feel confident in this product. But then to realize, well, you, you know, you you are cutting your box office way down. Even if Captain America held its own against yeah. uh, Batman versus Superman or whatever this is going to be called, um, it would it hurts both movies in terms of what they can actually earn. So I think they said they moved around on that date, not because they're like afraid of going up against that other movie, but just because, it, you know, it it's going to help both movies. But I, I yeah. think it, for a minute there, it was like a Marvel versus DC release date thing That's but i think in the idea. end superman versus batman was is always going to beat captain america even oh, though yeah. right now captain america has reached you Some know great momentum it's crazy and and that character has gone from being like a character nobody cared about a few years ago yeah. to probably a lot of people's favorite i feel the same way about iron man man like yeah. there was a time when nobody gave a fuck about iron man right and it's cool to see that like They've created some pretty big superstars. Well, I read someone these. pointing out that as much as people lament the fact that Fox has X Men mm-hmm. and who is it that is it Sony? Sony has Spider Man. Yeah. They were saying in a way they were glad. And who uh, one of those was it Twentieth Century Fox that has uh, a Fantastic Four as well? 
Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the Fantastic Four um, and X-Men. But someone was saying if those characters were available to Marvel when they started making their movies, that we wouldn't have seen Thor, wouldn't have seen Iron Man. Oh, uh, yeah, wouldn't yeah. Have seen, like, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing now. We wouldn't be talking about an Ant-Man movie and, and a Doctor Strange movie and all this other stuff because they would have gone with Spider-Man. They would have gone with, yeah. you know, so in a weird sure. way, it's, it's interesting that all the big marquee names were off busy with other companies and it mm-hmm. allowed Marvel to really dig deeper into their... Their characters, which I think is part of why those movies have been successful, is just that it really does feel like a cohesive world. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is I don't know if Zack Snyder is going to be able in one movie to set up that feel of a cohesive I, world that has all these superheroes in it. But I I, I, I can't wait to yeah. see it. I can't I wait hope to they see. They don't it. get that whole like what we just talked about with Spider Man, like banking it all on that movie. You know, what yeah. I mean? like putting it all in that movie to set up that world. Yeah. Like I hope they don't like. You well, know, you know, the next it. movie is supposed to be Justice League, so I I, 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 I worry yeah. that your fears might be I know, might be what, valid. I know exactly. We'll see. Hey, I just don't like feeling like I'm seeing a fraction of a story. Yeah, like that. That's that's the that's the fear. If you if you really like good stories, that's a legitimate fear, especially with a comic book movie. That's they're gonna try to be like, oh, who is that person in over there? Oh, yeah. that's one. Oh, or just someone in the background. You zoom in on them and you yeah. see them give a dirty look or something like that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that yeah, they didn't. That's one of that's definitely the problem that has come from all these successful kind of franchises is that now they've got these. You want them to have long term plans. You want them to have some idea of what they're doing. But you're right. The plan is seems to the, the plan seems to be more important than the individual films yeah. at this yeah. point. They have to be good standalone. We'll movies. see. Yeah. So uh, can I rattle off a couple movies? Yeah, just just movies I've seen. I'm not gonna talk forever. Uh, Under the Skin, Scarlett Johansson. Please fucking see that movie. I saw it. Oh my god! Did you like it? I did. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, about last night, thought it was pretty good. Kevin Hart and a couple other people. I saw a documentary. Do you about... mean a couple other people thought it was good? <laughs> yeah. Or a couple other people were in the movie. Uh, I saw a documentary about the wrestler, the Iron Sheik, called The Sheik. That is fucking great. Seeing a man kind of go from like the heights. He actually, without him, there'd be no uh, Hulkamania. Random. Uh, seriously, at the at the height of Hulk Hogan's sort of success, this terrorist guy came while Ar- Argo was going on, and he kind of posed a threat to America. So this crazy villain came out of it, and then Hulkamania came. Hulk stole so many of Iron Iron Sheik's phrases; it's fucking incredible. They talk about that too. The Rock is in it, and a bunch of superstars. And now he's become like an internet sensation because he's really funny on Twitter and his YouTube videos are really good. And then I saw The Battery, which is a great, great, great twist on a, a zombie film. And Steve talked to me about that before. He's like, ooh, see it. At some that, point. That's exactly how I sound. <laughs> Weird. Wait, which one of you was it that made that sound? Steve, how's your voice coming from over there? <laughs> it's that good. Like a puppeteer. I have man. a couple to throw out real quick. Sure. I'm going to just say the name of the movie and say yes or no. Okay, cool. Um, well, don't, why don't you give it one of our three ratings? All right, what are they again? I always forget them. There's, uh, go ahead. Go Ooh, ahead. Dead. There's Hold Up. Hold Up. And then there's Get the Fuck Out of Here. No, what was the other one? <laughs> wait wait for it. So, so Hold Up Hold up is Hold is Up is, is Don't Go See It. Hold Up is it's a Hold Up. And then there's Wait For It. And there's okay. Go Ahead. All right. In no particular order, I have Draft Day. Starring Kevin Costner and Chadwick Boseman. How was that? Um, wait, it's what it is. It, one, two, or three. Are you giving it a one. high? Mid- oh, that's a hold up. Hold up. Hold up. 
Afternoon Delight with Katherine Hahn and Jane Lynch. Hold up. <laughs> Bell with Matthew Good and Emily Watson. Hold up. Oh, man. Locke with Tom Hardy mm. and the voice of Ruth Wilson, who I love. Uh, go ahead. All right. Yeah, go ahead. I've heard nothing but good things about Yeah, that. go ahead. And uh, it's a little older. I don't know if it's in theaters, but I seen I saw it a few weeks before. I saw Under the Skin, but it's um, Jake Gyllenhaal in Enemy. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'd say wait for it for that oh, one. Okay. A movie that is, I don't know that I've been like in a screening recently where people were like pissed off at the end of a movie because of how different it was than they thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. Like, a weird fucking movie from uh, Dennis Villeneuve, the guy that did Prisoners. Mm. Um, great acting. Jake Gyllenhaal is great in the film. Very weird. I still don't know that I really understand the film. Um, I need to see it again, which is why I say, hold up, maybe we can watch it together or something. Yeah, like yeah. Because <laughs> it was very... You said wait very, for it. Oh, uh, wait for yeah. it. Wait for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the middle one. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't keep your scale straight. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much what I've seen. Mm. You, any other rando- randos that you got? Nah. 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 You know me. I, I'm not going to be able to mention something briefly. I'll just table it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right on. All right, well, that's 111. This has been a catch-up. We'll talk to you guys when we talk to you guys. Yeah. yeah. It'll be sometime soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll check you guys in. Hit us up, movieshmovie at gmail.com. Oh, oh, just, just to address the, the elephant in the room that nobody else seems to see as an elephant is... The cinematic autopsy. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we solicited, uh, in episodes 108 and 109, I believe, at the end of yeah. those, we solicited for you people to call our Google Voice number and leave suggestions for bad movies that were bad in interesting ways for us to go into and spend, because we wanted to spend an entire episode just dissecting a bad movie. Right. Well, guess how many calls we got to the Google Voice line? Goose egg. Goose egg. So fuck you people. We're never telling you that we're never telling you that number again. I've destroyed that number. But we still may spend an episode dissecting uh, the, since no one suggested one to us, we came up with one that we like. So yeah. we may spend an episode doing that at some point. It would be fun to go into every aspect of a bad movie. Like mm. the, the, the 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 you know, the editing, the acting, the writing, the the music, everything. See yeah. see if we can find what went wrong. And we have a pretty good idea for one. Mm-hmm. And we will and we will do that. Yes, yeah. we will. When we don't know. At so a here, here's date. a thought. Now that we're doing these episodes less often, as is our you know our, our current plan with the podcast, at the end should we still say as always, you you've made our day, or should we say like you know as happens sometimes? <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with as that. As happens or... a few times a month, sometimes you know a couple From times time to time. Yeah. It's known to happen. Yeah. As always is still a better shorthand. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. As always, <laughs> you guys made our day. Thanks a lot for listening. Au revoir. Right? Obvious.